What is going on, all of our Boglodites out there, our special Boggies? This is episode 45 of Your Brain On God, 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 God. God. Today we have an amazing topic. We're talking about emotional health within the church, specifically talking about something called spiritual bypassing. I want to read a definition because it's so good. The tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues. Mm. This has been a huge problem in the church, putting spiritual labels on emotional needs. And uh, more recently, we've seen freedom from it, but we talk about the whys, the ins and outs of why maybe the church has done this, our own experiences with spiritual bypassing in the church, and the beauty of emotions, and the idea that God actually wants to save our entire being, and that includes our emotional, our physical, and our soul. So it's going to be a great episode. I hope you enjoy it. Make sure to follow, uh, subscribe, all the good stuff. Enjoy the episode. Maybe we should read a, a definition of spiritual bypassing. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Do it. I want to start it with a definition. Do it. I actually like starting with definitions. No, it's good. I think it's a good... <laughs> Daryl, I'm not coming against you. Karen, you I, feel just, ju- <laughs> I just want to have it things defined, clearly defined. Okay. Clarity define is it. kind. Define spiritual bypassing. Well, I won't define it, but I will read someone who has defined it says, spiritual by- bypassing is a way of hiding behind spirituality or spiritual practices. It prevents people from acknowledging what they are feeling and, and distances them from both themselves and others. <clears throat> Some examples of spiritual bypassing include avoiding feelings of anger. <laughs> There's one example. <laughs> Which I do all the time. <laughs> I don't ever get angry. God, yeah. God's patient and slow to anger. So, so am I. So, so that am is I. that is spiritual bypassing right there. <laughs> that is that's when you're fuming. Bypass. Yeah, when you're fuming. Yeah, I I think I've experienced this so much in the church. The spiritual bypassing of certain things. Um, if yeah, we, I mean, we just read the definition. I was going to say if you don't know what spiritual bypassing is, but if, if you, you don't know what it, it is, it's we, a way we of just read it. spirituality or spiritual practices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the church has a uh, just a funny way of dealing with emotions, you know, or has had a funny way of dealing with emotions. And I don't know where mm-hmm. in particular it, it comes from. We could talk a little a little bit about some of that stuff. Um, but I think I think emotions are scary for most people, you know. And for ages, we've been trying to come up with ways out of them, you know. I think it's not just Christianity that does spiritual bypassing. I think yeah. everyone's trying to spiritually bypass. Right. No, it's not just Christianity. It's, it's just the method by which you you bypass your own feelings, you know? Mm-hmm. So you could you could bypass your own... I mean, yeah, we all have uh, negative emotions that we're trying to get past, you know what I mean? So you could get through it with, like, narcissism, you know? Right. Thinking that you're always right, and you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of... <laughs> yeah, it's just basic or, neglect and repression right avoidance you know yeah avoidance of anything and then always thinking that you're in some state i mean yeah yeah and then uh even buddhism right that's like a forsaking Mm -hmm. it's a way out of suffering you know and so i don't think it's a um uh 
I don't think it's a, a weird thing necessarily, even at Christians. Maybe I take that back. It's like we have a weird way. It's like everyone has a weird way of dealing with emotions. But I think that's come up in the church a lot, and it's gotten unhealthy in the church of not dealing with emotions, and that's what we're a part of. So that's the unhealthiness we see. <laughs> yeah. You know what I just thought of when you mentioned um, Buddhism, uh, kind of about escaping suffering, mm-hmm. getting away from suffering, that Christianity is like embracing suffering. <laughs> yeah, it's like, the opposite. It's the, we're worshiping the jesus who embraced suffering to the furthest extent <laughs> and modeling our lives after him <laughs> no i think or, it, you know aiming yeah. to model our lives after him it's actually the weirdest belief ever can we just talk about that for just one minute how weird our beliefs are yeah <laughs> they uh it doesn't seem natural well we believe in a god who became man and lived perfectly and then died that's terrible just, death. But like we worship a like it's actually kind of brutal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we worship this suffering savior. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of crazy, you know? <laughs> and then he resurrects and there's victory and there's life and there's redemption and there's, you know, ah, there's all this beautiful stuff. But it's like when you look at the cross, it's like people wear that around their necklace. That is a that is a torture, torture mechanism. <laughs> yeah. That is a torture device. Anyway, but yeah, I think um I think we've lost maybe the sense of what it's really about. I think Paul says it kind of crazily. He says it uh it's it's in Romans. It's in Romans eight. It's uh that we'll partake in his glory if we will also partake in his mm. sufferings. Mm-hmm. I think it's in Romans eight. Yeah. Right? And and he's saying like there's there's glory, but it's through going through suffering, you know what I mean? And partaking in the sufferings that Christ had, you know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, it says that Jesus experienced everything, uh, every one of the sufferings that we could experience on earth, right? Mm-hmm. He's not somebody that can't relate with us. Yeah. Like he can relate with us because he's been through it. Like he's, he's been through it. Yeah. And he dealt with it differently because he's because he's God, you know what I mean? And he didn't operate out of sin in response to that suffering, but he dealt with every temptation, every, every you know, struggle, every, temp, you know, kind of even emotion, you know, like dealing with those emotions that we deal with. So he's not someone that can't relate to our emotions. Yeah. I think somewhere along the line, we've uh, we got out of that way to do that very thing that's spiritually bypassing to get away from yeah. emotions. I think that it's even on that same note, Jesus having experienced everything, you know, talked about in, in Hebrews, yet he didn't sin. I think we can tie sin to emotions. Yeah. We think we feel certain things and that is sin or you, you're you believing this kind of right. a experience, you know, and that is sin. And sometimes maybe that could be true, but ignoring the fact that you might be feeling these things or thinking these things doesn't help you get away from them, you know, if they're still there. Or if we don't call it sin, it's there's a shame around feeling what we feel. Yeah, or there's a shame around it, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we, I think we've, maybe not now as, as much, we'll talk about that, but there can be this connection between feeling a certain thing and that being a innately bad thing like anger, yeah. you know, like anger is a thing. You're not supposed to be angry. You're supposed to have peace and you're supposed to love and be kind. And if you're angry, you can't do those things. So being angry, we treat it as something bad to be avoided. Right. And anger does lead to wrong. You know what I mean? It can, yeah, but it doesn't it always. That's the yeah. thing is mm-hmm. it's that, that train of thought is these emotions lead to bad things. When Jesus experienced all temptations that we have, yet did not sin. So if Jesus experienced anger, like scripture tells about Jesus being angry, he acted out of his anger, but not in a sinful way. 
Right. You know, and we can still feel anger and mm-hmm. sorrow. We can feel joy and excitement. You know, we can feel these things pleasure. and not in pleasure, right? And it not be in a sinful way. Right. But I think that we what we have come from is uh, somewhere along the line in the church history that mm-hmm. we started pushing away from emotions because sometimes they do lead to bad things. And so we started yeah. learning to and teaching to almost repress, maybe not even, not explicitly. I don't think people explicitly say, yeah. don't feel emotions, but sometimes it gets pretty close. Right. <laughs> it's like, you just got to do this. Like, don't feel this, just do this. Even you know? if it's and, not wrong, it's lesser than. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think yeah. that's been something that maybe why we spiritually bypass is like, you know, there, there's a lot of victory through the cross, a lot of redemption, a lot of what Jesus yeah. paid for. And I'm, I'm with it, but I think I've, I've, I've always gotten this sense um, in the church that it was that it was lesser than to actually experience those emotions mm. that are negative, right? right. That that yeah, yeah. that in some way experiencing that anger or experiencing jealousy or envy, um, it 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 brings a shameful feeling because it, it feels like I haven't arrived. <laughs> yeah. It's, there's know? shame attached to it. There, no, there's shame, there's sure. shame, there's shame attached to it. And it's almost feels like lesser than, you know what I mean? And when you compare yourself to the victory, maybe of Jesus, even in the gospel, it could be like, wow, there's some great distance there, you know, mm-hmm. just in looking at Jesus. But then also even, you know, I, what the, the greatest personalities or preachers or something like that oftentimes they're preaching right the victory of jesus and the victory of the cross and they're you know i mean they're they're preaching powerfully and it's awesome and it's truth and it's amazing but then i think especially early on in my journey with jesus i looked at those people and measured myself according to where they probably even weren't (laughs) Hmm. but i measured myself according to what they were saying and then thought man i'm living a lesser life in these emotions right and so if i feel like i'm living lesser then i'm just gonna get rid of the lessers you know what i mean so i Mm -hmm. started uh maybe bypassing those things with spiritual victory statements you know like i can do all things through christ who strengthens me or i have not been given a power you know i mean a spirit of of fear fear, but a power and love and a sound mind which are all true things um but i use those to actually run away from where i was actually at and yeah to ignore where what we're actually feeling yeah totally and that it's like instagram it's like when you see when we hear all the people preaching on things that are good mm-hmm. and true, it's like watching someone's highlight reel yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. and thinking my life isn't like that. So I must be messed up. Right. And so when we hear the messages about victory and about conquering, you know, in Christ and the victory that's in Christ and the peace mm-hmm. that we have in him, but we don't feel like we're, we're not experiencing the peace in the moment. Then rather than addressing that, that, the the lack of peace we try to force ourselves and try to ignore that lack of peace and move on anyways and think that we can't stop and feel this you know because we're not supposed to be feeling this so i'm going to act like it's not here i'm going to act like this anger isn't here i'm going to act like this yeah this like disturbance isn't here i'm going to act like this peace Mm -hmm. that i want to be feeling is here yeah and we don't address the actual problem right i think um C.S. Lewis talks about it in Screw Tape Letters. Uh, he talks about, you know, he's talking, the Screw Tape is talking to Wormwood or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's saying, keep his mind preoccupied on like the spiritual matters and not like the nagging thoughts in his mind. 
you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like, uh, almost, you know, teach him to say that those things, like he just has to ignore, like when his mind wanders or his mind goes to something he doesn't want to think about or whatever, instead of actually inviting God into that, teach him to just focus on, I just got to keep on praying. You know what I mean? Like, right, oh, I got to keep yeah. on doing this stuff. And um, I, to be honest, I don't remember his main point that he brings out from that. <laughs> but I, but I, but I can see that in my own life. What you're talking about, it's like uh, ignoring what's actually going on inside me to almost fit myself into this spiritual mold. You right. know, because yeah, yeah. you are given like a new life. You know what I mean? Like you're given a new identity when you come to Jesus. You're given a new, you know, you're you're given a new kind of ideal. You know, where it's like now I'm living for Jesus and I'm becoming more and more like Jesus. And the distance feels really great from that. So sometimes it feels easier to just try and fit yourself into that mold and not realize that there is a sanctification process. You know what I mean? That there is. I love the you know, uh, the renewing of the mind process that Romans 12 mm, talks about mm-hmm. to actually fit into there where you, where it's, I, I don't know. It, it, God knows what's going on in us anyway. So it's just funny that we do that. You know what I mean? That we, yeah, yeah. that we put spiritual ideas or ideals um, over what we're actually going through and are not actually just accept where you're at, you know? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be come from like some Gnostic viewpoints, you know? And I think, we have seen a lot of emotions. If you take emotions to their full level, yeah, anger leads to some crazy, crazy sin. And Jesus does say, hey, cut it off at the source. He's like, if you're angry at your brother, you're committing murder. Holy. You know what I mean? Like, there is. If you hate him. If you hate him. You you know what I mean? Like, if you're experiencing hate towards your brother, you know what I mean? Um, So he does, like, say, like, nip those things in the butt before they create roots. But that doesn't mean that that you just bypass altogether what you're feeling. You know what I mean? It's allowing your emotions to be guided by the Holy Spirit, not reject them in order to receive the Holy Spirit, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Because the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit's in you, whether or not you're you're feeling great or you're feeling not great, you know? And so I think it's about inviting Jesus into those spaces. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, Peter Scazzario. Scazzaro. Scazzaro, yeah. Mm -hmm. He talks about that. Scazzaro. Scazzaro. That's however it it is. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But in in that book, uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, he talks about emotions, our emotions are part of our reality. And if we ignore our emotions, then we are ignoring reality. Yeah. And reality is where we meet God because God Hmm. exists in reality. In the present, yeah. In the present. And the more that we can acknowledge our emotional experiences and our emotions that we're feeling, the more we we ground ourselves in reality, which is where God is. Jeez. And it's in that space where we can uh, we meet with God, where we can be honest about what we're feeling, where He works with us. You know, He can actually like once we acknowledge there's a problem inside of us, then we can address right. it. Right? It's like yeah. we're trying to ignore that there's a problem then we're never going to address the problem. Right. And so using like the spiritual language of, I just need to, you know, have faith in this situation or I just need to keep praying. And then we try to push past what we're feeling. We can't ignore our emotions in order to get a a better spiritual grounding. We take our emotions into the place of the spiritual work. It's like we, we walk into this, the place of working out our, issues working out our struggles 
with Jesus. Right. But if we act like we don't have struggles, <laughs> we're, we're not going to be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like sozo, the word in Greek for salvation, mm-hmm. is, yes. is a full salvation. It's not just salvation of your healing. soul, but it's a healing. It's a mm-hmm. deliverance. And I think... Uh, we miss that a lot of time in our in our Christian walks or our Christian lives or in in church. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That 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 God he he cares about the deliverance, the salvation, the redemption of all of us. Like love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your mm-hmm. strength. It means yeah. l- allow all of it to be encompassed by his love you know what i mean by his love and your love for him right so i think we we don't realize that that it's all encompassing like that you know where we can actually allow the holy spirit into those spaces and allow ourselves to to heal in those spaces am i going off from what you just said (laughs) no no i think that it because we can't do that if we don't acknowledge them Right. Yeah. 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 We can't, where we're at. Yeah. yeah. We, if we don't acknowledge where we're at, we're not going to be asking God to meet us there and to help us right. work through it. Yeah. The reason that I'm saying that is <laughs> the reason I'm saying that is that almost allows you to acknowledge where you're at mentally. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, God doesn't just care about the salvation of my soul. He cares about the salvation of my mind. Of me, my entire being. Yes, my entire being. Me. That includes my emotions, right? Yeah. That includes the emotional seat. That's what that heart word, the cardia or whatever, the people believe it was like the emotional seat mm-hmm. of your life, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so God cares about the redemption of that, you know? Right. And I love um, even uh, the mind. I, I was writing a sermon this you know, a couple of weeks ago on, you know, that's verse, you know, he's not giving us, a, uh, you know, a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. And the word for sound mind is sophroneo. And it's based on two root words. You kind of have to dive into it deep to get to it, but because they're root words, but it's sozo and phreneo. And, and what sozo is, is the salvation, the healing, the deliverance, right? It's, it's all of those things. And then the phreneo is your total frame of thinking. Hmm. And so what has God given us a spirit of? He's given us a spirit of uh, the salvation of our thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, yeah, the way yeah. the way that we're perceiving, the way that the way that our thoughts formulate. I even take it down to the you know whatever neuron level or I, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds really like the stupid. Synapses. And- yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like God cares about the redemption yeah. of the synapses in my brain. You know right. what I mean? He cares about the redemption of the things that cause my brain to trigger and fire into anxiety. Right. He cares about the redemption of those things, and that for me gives me a space to go. Oh my gosh, I don't need to just get it together. You care about the full redemption of these things in me. Yes. And that yeah. changes the way I relate with God. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, yeah. That's all I was going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's so good because we we end up ignoring part of who God has created us to be whenever yes. we don't acknowledge the emotional needs that we have. And there are real legit emotional needs that we have. Yeah. You know, and I think that we have, that there has been a swing or that some t- people do swing away from emotions because there have been those negative associations with right. emotions. Yeah. You know, if you, you feeling these, that means these things. Or maybe having experiences where emotions are the things that end up guiding the decisions and determining what you do. Because mm-hmm. that's not the healthy place to be either. We're not right. meant to be living into our 
our emotions where they are the main thing that lead us or the main things that we derive truth from or that we derive truth from mm-hmm. right we don't we don't look out of our emotions for truth we we right. take our emotions to the truth of jesus yeah that's <laughs> well, we have to take them there you know yeah, yeah, yeah we have to take our emotions to god mm-hmm. and uh and in doing so that is part of how we bring our full self to him yeah so that way redeeming work can be done and he and god wants god wants the full self like yeah. he wants everything. And I, I think this was the, and this is where I've maybe seen it in my, my own journey is that when I first came in, uh, as you know, I mean, first kind of meeting Jesus and coming back to church and coming back to believe in him, I was like a broken dude. And I was honest about, it, I was a broken dude. And mm-hmm. you're, that's expected, um, for anybody who wants salvation in Jesus to be honest about like, Hey, I've been sinful. You know what I mean? It's basically like first John, it's like anyone who says they don't have sin, which is basically saying anyone who doesn't acknowledge they have a need for the blood and a need for salvation, they're deceived. You know, mm-hmm. like, like we all got to acknowledge, bro, there's right. some stuff inside of us that needs redemption, you know? And when I first came in, I was fully aware of that, you know, like I was fully aware of that redemption and and that's and there's a safe space for the unbeliever (laughs) right which is interesting um and then once we become believers uh the space i think even there's some well-meaning behind this but that space gets limited you know what i mean so like whenever someone's an unbeliever we give space for them them to be be messed up up. You know what the, I mean? Like from a believer's perspective, like you don't know right. Jesus, so you're you're obviously going to be messed up. You're obviously going to be feeling all these things, right? And acting all these ways, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's more there's more space. It's like I don't have room to judge you, or because you know you're you're you an unbeliever, Jesus. you don't yeah. know Jesus, you know. But that that changes very quickly. It feels like you know because then once I started experiencing some actual salvation and some redemption, and actually things started changing in my life, then the pressure got the the space to to actually deal with those things got it's seemingly less you know what i mean mm-hmm. as far as like yeah, i'm trying to explain this right to struggle you know what i mean or yeah. to or to yeah, still yeah. be in process you know what i mean and and i think um i think there is there's a heightened maybe level of of space that you have and i think that's good because you want to call people to right it's all balanced it's good because you want to call people to a higher level and to a higher standard and hey come on wake up like you know let's start following jesus for real and i think that's awesome but i think the space to be in process at least in my own life in my own eyes that got really limited for me and then mm-hmm. i started hearing this stuff about how people were living and how people were living in freedom and how you know what i mean and then all of these spiritual truths like i haven't been given a spirit of fear but meanwhile, I'm dealing with fear. So how do you balance that? Well, I guess I'm just going to reject this fear and just believe scripture, you know? Right. Which it's good to believe scripture, but I also think it's important to invite Jesus into my fear. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like, okay, I know that you say that you give me a spirit of fear. I'm experiencing it. Now I need to dive into why am I not receiving this spirit of power, love, and a sound mind that you've yeah. given me, right? And actually do the internal work to do that. But somewhere along the line that space got decreased and then i started moving towards totally something separate from that separate from emotional healing it felt like right like instead of moving towards emotional healing we move towards emotional neglect yeah and yeah, we yeah. don't allow ourselves to enter into that space to mm-hmm. actually do the deep work of addressing the emotional problems yeah and figuring out the root of the pain and why we respond to certain things in certain ways right yeah yeah. Yeah, and there's a there's a, a shame around it, especially when I got um, you know, to be a, a good Christian. You know, what I mean I'm a pastor now, so I'm a good Christian. But uh <laughs> 
but I mean, like, uh, you know, I got, I got my bearings. You know what I mean? I, I got, I got yeah. some stuff on my belt. You know what I mean? Like, as far as like, hey, I'm really growing in this thing. Especially when I got to that point, um, it feels like you're making some progress, some momentum. That's when it really got difficult. I yeah. think you know, I, I started listening to some teachers, which I, we're preaching the full gospel. I believe it's like the full redemption of Jesus and what He's accomplished and and what He's done and and like your your sin nature's gone and and you're a new creation and those old lies they're not who you are and this is beautiful truth that I still believe to this day. Um, but I took that truth, and the, I think the reason that I took that truth is it provided an escape from what was actually going on in me. Because mm. now it wasn't I have to go on a journey of dealing with the real mental struggles I have. I can just say that they're dead in Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that they were crucified yeah. with mm-hmm. Christ on the cross. Right. You know, and now I get to say that they're left in hell and those are lying in the pit of the grave and, and all of those spiritual, mm. you know, ideals, right? Um, not just ideals, truths, I think, right? And I think those still, I still adhere to a lot, all of those things, most of those things, right? I think they were just, I, they were received and perceived in the wrong way in me yeah. because I left behind my own growth and need for healing because I was able to say through the cross, I'm already healed. Yeah. And it was like, well, right. yes, <laughs> yes, you are healed, right? And you're fully realizing that more and more, right? It's yeah. like you've been made a new creation and your mind is being renewed. And right. there's still some stuff that needs to change, brother. <laughs> still needs to change. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be on <laughs> You know, like there's still stuff yeah. in you, you know, but I was holding so tightly to ideals that I didn't deal with reality, which mm. is what Pete... Pete Scazzaro, yeah, <laughs> says, you know, like I, I wasn't dealing in terms of reality yeah. and when you're not dealing in terms of reality, you can't, you can't actually heal. Right. So there was a lot stuck. of, yeah. And eventually, you know, I was proclaiming all this peace stuff and the peace of God and Prince of Peace, which I, again, I still believe, mm-hmm. but I was so anxious inside. Yeah. Why? Because I wasn't actually dealing with, okay, this is true. You are the Prince of Peace, God, but why am I still experiencing anxiety? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, a lot of reasons, you know, like <laughs> there's a lot of triggers in my brain. There's a mm. lot of fear going on. There's a lot of stuff in my past I still haven't reconciled with. There's a lot of relationships and people I still haven't forgiven. It's like, holy moly, I'm still insecure in a lot of ways. I'm still seeing myself how I used to see myself, even though I'm new in Jesus. There's a lot to grow. You know right. what I mean? There's a lot to heal. And I, I forsook that. Yeah. And had a couple, a couple of things passed through my mind when you were, I'm sorry, were talking. I, I was not, thinking yeah. about no, no. It, what long. you said was awesome, and, and this is this is not going to be a different tangent or anything. But yeah. like, we have to partner with God in the work. Yeah. Of it, it's like there's there is the yes to. The, I love this, Daryl. That we're looking at each other. Like, yeah, <laughs> there good. is the yes that we pray. There is the yes that we go to scripture. There's the yes that we that we confess. You know, there's the, there's the yes that we spend time on our knees and we just and we ask God to give us the grace to do this. You know. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, we, there's something that we need to do. It's not it's not always dealt with just in prayer. What do you mean? There's a yes to it. Like, like, yes, we need to pray and be praying, God, oh, yeah, yeah, God, yeah. get, like, help me. It's like, thank you that I have a mind of peace. Thank you that mm-hmm. your peace is with me. Thank you and that be your declaring spirit is with that, me. Yeah. yeah, and and there is that. There is that. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't always work. You know, I know multiple stories of people being depressed and 
praying, God, please take this depression away. God, thank you that you're the joy, you know, you're mm-hmm. the joy in my life. And that prayer is a good prayer to be praying. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, like what I mentioned earlier, when not on the podcast, but when I was talking to you, when God told the Israelites, go into the land and take it, I'm going to give you victory. They still had to do something. They still had to show mm-hmm. up on the battlefield. Right. They didn't just sit back and wait, okay, God, go defeat all of our enemies. Right. There was work that they needed to be a part of in order to experience the victory that God has. Mm-hmm. And if the ch- as a church, if we tell people, just pray, just pray, just pray, just pray, but don't go into the battlefield, mm-hmm. then we're missing it. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it's not some things sometimes God shows up and the you know, the angels show up and wipe out the enemies. Israelis didn't do anything. And sometimes the Lord yeah. of Heaven's armies, you it's know, it's a like purely boom. spiritual victory. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I experienced something like that with my own experience of depression and suicidal thoughts and ideation. It's like mm-hmm. in a moment, boom, like God met me in a moment and it was gone and I haven't struggled with it since. Whoa. But that doesn't happen with everybody. I don't remember you telling me that. Awesome. I must have. I feel like that's like a key part of my journey with Jesus. I must wow. have told you this. <laughs> I just don't listen well, folks. No, I'm on a probably, journey. It was a while I'm ago. It was probably a while ago. I think I've even said it on the podcast. But sometimes that happens where we pray and something changes. You know, people pray and give up, meet Jesus. They, they break an addiction. They never want to touch the thing again. Right. Other people have to go on a very practical journey of learning to get off the the thing that they're addicted right. to and, and weaning themselves process off. and weaning off of it and, and counseling know, counseling and having mm-hmm. that accountability and they need somebody with them you know because they still have that right. that that drive and they're they're rewiring right. their mind they're renewing their mind and why is that less god and that is the thing that <laughs> i think it's not less god god yeah. is I mean, he if if he has created everything and created us, and he's created us in our and and we naturally work a certain way. There are processes in our minds, in our bodies that mm-hmm. that develop patterns, right. and we play a part in how those patterns develop. Yeah. And with the spirit of God, we can make some changes that can be more difficult than others. Yeah. You know, and so when someone's depressed, it's not always just pray, 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 but pray, but let's do the work. Where's yeah. the, what's the root of this? You know, where is this coming from? Let's mm-hmm. go on a journey. And that is something that I think more recently the church has kind of started accepting more of a, on a wide basis, but there's still a lot of emotional hurt because of the spiritual bypassing that happens yeah. and the emotional neglect. Pete and that Pete, <laughs> Pete Scazzaro, I'll just call him Pete. He's a good mm-hmm. friend of mine. Not really, but he's probably a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Peter. <laughs> he says that you can't have healthy spirituality without healthy emotional without emotional health as well mm-hmm. without emotional maturity mm-hmm. and he talks about in his book how the church is filled with immature emotional humans yeah people I, who are seeking yeah. spiritual maturity but have emotional immaturity and you can't have emotional you can't have spiritual maturity without emotional maturity to go do you know when that it. book was written when i can find out right now because I'd like to know when that book was written because it seems like emotional health in the church has been something, uh, I guess, more buzzword-y in recent years. You know what I mean? Like I would say like the last 10 years. This is copyright updated edition. Updated edition 2014. Oh, 2014. Yeah. So that's last 10 years. Yeah. Um, But it, it, I... And I don't... Okay, so... 
the the resources available for emotional health have skyrocketed it seems like recently obviously i'm 28 so <laughs> i know that i know that a lot of people have been talking about this stuff living whole and and this stuff but i don't think specifically in the church you know what i'm saying at least i'm talking about like probably the last generation and this generation like at least from anecdotally from what i can see like the past generation did not receive the same amount of resources for living in emotional health that we have. And mm, obviously mm-hmm. you have stuff like yeah. Augustine who says like, we can't know God without knowing thyself. You know what I mean? Like there was some self-reflection in there. Like there's definitely church fathers and church saints that right. that went on a, a journey to become healthy and knowing themselves and knowing what's going on in themselves so that they could relate to God. Like there has to be people like that, obviously. Yeah. But there, it seems like the generation before our generation didn't receive as much knowledge or resources about how to actually deal with emotions or even that that was important in the emotional life. Like the way that I look at my parents' generation in dealing with those things, they're a lot more, right, pray and he does not delay. You know what I mean? Like they they mm. love those certain things, which, which again, like you said, sometimes – Right? Like sometimes it just it's all spiritual and like literally you pray for depression to leave and it leaves. And and I contend for those things. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I pray for that. Like I'm like, God, just rip this anxiety from me. That hasn't been my experience though. And I think I love John Wesley because that's a part of our relationship with God is not just scripture, right? But it's tradition, reason, and experience, mm-hmm. right? So I have to look at my experience and say, how does that line up with scripture? I'm not going to change scripture based on my experience, right? But I am going to use scripture, right, even more so to define what I'm experiencing. Does that make sense? Or at least to guide what I'm experiencing. And what I'm experiencing mm-hmm. is God hasn't just ripped anxiety from me. I've had to go on a 10-year process. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To actually, to actually deal with this stuff. And I've been resourced heavily, you know? Right. All this to mm-hmm. say, I don't think it's like the fault of the church in its own right. You know what I mean? That they just like, they don't want people to be emotionally healthy. You know what I mean? Or that right. they've forsaken it or whatever. I think that just something got in the church where it's like, again, it's a Gnostic viewpoint. It's like God doesn't want the salvation for everything. Just deal with everything in a spiritual way. Everything's. Right. Uh, spiritual, and we could talk about that. That it also might be true as well. But, but what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about like re- rejecting the physical, or rejecting the right. mental, or rejecting emotions in order to prize the spiritual. It's a Gnostic viewpoint that yeah. spiritual is good, and anything carnal or physical is bad. Right. And so, and so I feel like that generation had more of that, and then we started to see the unhealth of that in the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And you start right. to see churches falling apart. You start to see pastors burning out and then their burnouts leading to grievous sins mm-hmm. that break apart churches. Yeah. And eventually when that happens enough, it doesn't have to happen many times before people are like, bruh, we got to learn wrong. something about Sabbath. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We got to learn something about rest. We got to learn mm-hmm. something about narcissism. You know, like we got to learn something about power dynamics and why we're seeking power. You know, like we got to learn something about our emotions and our anger and actually dealing with stuff in our past because we can't have a church that's representing Jesus and then pastors are burning out and sleeping with people and and dividing churches. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we can't have that. And I think in our generation, we got a good sum of those resources specifically resources for emotional health in the church, like Pete Scazzaro in 2014, right? Yeah, yeah. That mm-hmm. help us with those as a response to the burnout and the negativity and the sin that has come about, all of those different types of things, right? Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. Yeah, that was a long tangent to say, 
I give grace to the former generation because I have more resources than my father had and, and my mom had. And I still struggle. <laughs> and I still, and still struggle. <laughs> and I still struggle. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like I, I have more resources. I got more books. I could go to, I can go online and type in probably emotional health, what we're going to title this episode, emotional health in the church or something like that. And, books, you know, 500 books videos, will come out. Articles. Yeah. Yeah. All kinds of resources. All kinds of resources. But, and so and I think awareness helps you heal, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like if I know it's a problem and I know it's something I should be looking for and there's a bunch of resources coming at me that are saying it's important, I'm going to start to think maybe this is important. If someone's not told this is an important thing, you should deal with what's going on inside you, but you're told just pray. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> or just do this or just do this spiritual thing or just do the spiritual practice or whatever it is. Not saying those are bad. But if someone's saying that and that's all you're oh, receiving, you're going to think that's what's important. Yeah. Yeah. Or the only thing that's important to me. That and that is the I think that's the key difference is is recognizing that those things are important, but it's not the only thing that's important. Right. It's it's good to do all those things that we've talked about, but mm-hmm. we can't just do those things. We need to be aware of, of the fullness of what's going on. Right. Something else that uh comes to mind when I think about this is the tendency to well, we can go the opposite direction. Hold on. I had a couple other things come to my mind. A couple specific a lot of thoughts. A couple specific examples came to my mind. Daryl's on an emotional health journey. <laughs> about over spiritualizing things and then blaming everything on a spiritual thing. You know, like, oh, it's God doing this or God is doing this. It's a this. different type of spiritual bypassing. And we can even label our own emotions as God. <laughs> yeah that you know? gets dangerous well we're like oh god's telling me to do this thing and maybe it's just something we're feeling mm-hmm. and that is dangerous to be in and that's right. which is why it's important to know what your emotions are <laughs> you know it's yeah. like if we don't pay attention to our emotions then we're not going to recognize them when they show up and we might label them as god leading us somewhere did i tell you that story about the first time when god told me that like he, he showed me this story about you know it was with this girl or whatever and i had fear in the relationship or whatever and i felt mm. like it was god i felt like it was god telling me to get out of the relationship and uh and then i looked back on it it was probably like a year or two ago i looked back on it and i i felt like god spoke to me and said that was the first time that you uh you believe that fear was my voice mm. wow <laughs> and i was like oh my gosh like i had collided yeah. the two i had experienced fear and felt like that was a sign from the Lord. Like it was literally the Lord talking to me and it was fear. Dang. You know, and it, it, like, that's what I'm just saying. It, but yeah, too. that exact thing. I is... experienced a feeling and then said, that's God. And that is dangerous. That's dangerous. Because mm-hmm. if we can't differentiate between those things and we don't aware, we don't, we haven't taken the time to recognize the emotions that we have. Right. And put, you know, language to them, emotional literacy. Right. Knowing what that emotion is, what it feels, why it, why it's there, where it came from, what it's connected to, mm-hmm. even what its purpose is. Because emotions have a purpose in our life. Mm-hmm. Emotions guide us. They lead us. They let us know when something's good or something's bad, you know, at least at least uh, based on what we're experiencing. Right. And we, we can listen to our emotions and be aware of them mm-hmm. without letting them control us. Yeah. And without letting them be the thing that determines what we do or don't do. Yeah. And we can be so given over to our emotions that we think when we don't have an emotional experience with God that he's not with us. And yeah. 
And whenever we do have an emotional experience with God, then that means yeah, he is with us. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. gets so dangerous. And that's something that I lived in, you know, yeah. for a season where I, I was chasing after the emotional experiences. And I felt like yeah. if I feel these things, then I know God is with me. And so no wonder you have youth groups that are like, we're not going after emotions. We're going after like, you know, just Bible you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it yeah, is a, yeah. it is a fear that somebody that especially with students or younger people that I would say, yeah, probably are more emotionally driven, but um, are, you know, are having these experiences and it might not be real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or it's like they're claiming that as that means that God's with me. And then once those feelings go away, it's like, oh, I guess God's not real. Right. God's not real. Or God's not with me or I'm doing. So you can wrong. see why the church pushes against emotions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes because it's like. People are losing faith because of their emotions. Yeah, you can't base your reality based on what you feel. Right. And that is a is a very true statement and probably why a lot of the church pushed away. Right. And still does. Why a lot mm-hmm. of people still do push away from emotions. Mm-hmm. Is we can't because we can't base our reality or what's true based on what we feel. And it could be a slippery slope into even forsaking Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jesus felt some things very strongly mm-hmm. whenever he went to the cross getting ready to go to the cross yeah he felt a lot of stress and he was i mean it doesn't say that he was scared but it was something inside of him that was like if i don't have to do this i'd rather not yeah <laughs> and so and he was he was sweating to the point of blood you know he, he's asking his disciples hey stay awake and pray with me pray with me i need because some friends yeah i need yeah because there's vulnerable. something big happening mm-hmm. and i need you to pray for me and he went and he prayed and he said if there's another way to do this you know let this cup pass for me but nevertheless yeah. even though I don't, this wouldn't be my first thing that I want to do and experience. It doesn't matter because what what you want is what's best. And not my will be done, but your will right. be done. Right. And so or I, not what my feelings are saying, but whatever you know yeah. is right. Yeah. Yeah. And so even though he's having these feelings and this experience, mm-hmm. not letting that be the thing that determines what he does. Right. And showing us what it looks like to feel strongly, yet surrender that to God. Yeah. be aware of that feeling because he also wasn't pretending like he wasn't feeling that <laughs> yeah you know jesus wasn't just trying to act like he wasn't feeling any of that he told his disciples "Hey, pray for me like stay awake and pray this is a, dil- a time that we need to be diligent because yeah. this is a big deal and he wasn't just like i haven't been given a spirit of fear i haven't been given a spirit of fear, <laughs> I haven't been given a spirit of fear. <laughs> he was like god take this from me you know yeah, like help take this you know? cup from me if there's any way yeah and Yet we do that in our own lives where we have these big emotional experiences and we try to push away or act like we're not feeling those things. And that's not the way. We need to feel what we're feeling, but don't let that be our reality. Don't let that guide and determine our decisions. Take them to Jesus and say, God, let your will be done and pray pray about them. You know, lean into them, but Mm. lean into him more. Mm. I keep thinking... um, that spiritual bypassing is really poor discipleship (laughs) Mm -hmm. because what it does is it teaches people to reject their emotions rather than teaching them how to guide their emotions even through scripture yeah and how to experience (laughs) that's so good aaron (laughs) yeah we do i think that we do teach people to reject their emotions right rather than listening to their emotions and taking them to jesus and taking them to this you're taking them to scripture Mm -hmm. and actually being aware of them diving into them right and even a measure of laziness as far as telling putting a scriptural label 
like I can do all things through Christ or I have not been given a spirit of fear over someone's suffering rather than teaching them like Jesus did mm. to take their suffering to the Father. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what the invitation from the Father is. Cast your anxieties on me right. because I care for you. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't worry because I care for you like the lilies, <laughs> right? Yeah. The lilies of the field and the, the sparrows of the air. I, I care for them. And so I want you to cast those anxieties. Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, right? Right. So it's not a... Jesus never is like, just get rid of your suffering or bypass your suffering or say these spiritual mantras to get out of your suffering. He's saying, come to me, invite me into your suffering. Why? Because I have a burden that is light and a yoke that is easy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like, if we teach people that, that's where real discipleship happens. And discipleship is in all of those arenas, you know? And if we're not willing to actually go into the arena of mental health, emotional health, right? Mm -hmm. Even physical health, right? Those areas yeah. that don't necessarily specifically tie in with the spiritual whatever, um, then we're not doing full discipleship, right? Because salvation is a deliverance of all of those things. And so if we're supposed to teach people a way of salvation, but we're only teaching on the spiritual side, you're missing core you're missing. elements of teaching someone how to care for themselves physically as the temple of God, how to care for themselves emotionally <laughs> yeah. because Jesus had emotions and dealt with his emotions in certain ways, inviting the father into, you know what I mean? All of that different kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so it's like, yeah, <laughs> that's so true and good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that is, I think it, we need to disciple better. Yeah. We need to disciple better people better and we need to become better disciples mm -hmm. of Jesus. Yeah. And, and like i love david's prayer in the end of psalm 31 we always i mean um 51 fi no <laughs> what's that that's like cheaper, right? 137 hmm? oh okay 139 139 i don't know why it took us so long to get there know me lord and know my anxieties yeah but we always talk about the beginning the first part of it is, is often quoted be fearfully and wonderfully, wonderfully made wonderfully made again yeah. And that's true, but then at the end of it, Psalm 139, thanks, Aaron. <laughs> at the end of that Psalm, he says, try me and know my heart, like know my anxious thoughts, mm. know my anxieties. Yeah. See if there's anything inside of me that is wicked or anything that is not in alignment yeah. with you and lead me in the way everlasting. But he asked God, reveal these things, expose mm. these anxieties inside of me. Mm. He's not saying cover up, you know, cover up the anxieties, help the anxieties, right. you know, be like, not not to feel them, but show me where they are. Right. So that way I can be, they can be dealt with. That right. way I can follow you appropriately what from a, the place of reality. Yeah. What a beautiful picture of, of healing too is because mm -hmm. that whole chapter is, you know, when I get up. Mm -hmm. You you know when I sit down, you know when I sleep, you know when I wake, you know you know you know everything, God. You know a thought before I have it. Yeah. Now know me. Yeah. You know it's like you know everything, and that's awesome. That's an awesome spiritual truth. But now know me. Like right. now come into those and show me mm -hmm. where all those anxieties are, and know those deep darknesses in me, and 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 search me, oh God. I think that's fifty one. Yeah. fifty one. Search me, oh God, and know know the wicked ways in me. You know what I mean? And uncover those things in me. Right? Like there's there's an invitation into you know everything, God, but I'm not going to settle for you just knowing everything. I want you to dive deep in there and show me. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what a beautiful picture of of what God invites us into, you know, that's, a, that's a journey of healing right there. Right. And it is a relationship with him. 
And like mm. if we're in a relationship with anybody, the more that we are, that they see who we truly are, mm. they see that the intimate parts of us, they see the vulnerable parts of us, the more intimate and more uh, f- almost fulfilling the relationship can be because now I'm fully seen. The more yeah. fully I am seen, the more fully I can see somebody else, the more connected we are. Mm-hmm. And if we're in a relationship with God, we need to be able to recognize what's inside of us and he sees us, but us recognizing that he sees every part of us and becoming more and more aware of the parts of us that he sees, (laughs) you know, it allows us to appreciate how much he loves us. Mm. And if we ignore certain things inside of us, we're not even giving ourselves the chance to be loved by him or at least to experience the love that he has for us Yeah, because we are hiding things Mm -hmm. from ourselves yeah that he loves that he sees <laughs> and that he accepts yeah and if you don't have everything on the table you don't allow yourself to be fully loved you know or you'll carry shame around those things or those mm-hmm. those dirty things in you I, I would say too i mean for anybody who's listening just some like practicals like if you find people spiritually bypassing over people's like trauma like the response is also not to just like get indignant at that i don't think you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i think it can cause some frustration but like our goal as believers is is not to just go around and now that we have like a new sense of belief or um i guess a new revelation i feel like it's a deeper revelation of understanding the balance between emotional health and spirit and scripture you know what I'm, I'm saying um but to not like put that on other people if you do is just know that people are on a journey of uncovering that stuff you know and you yeah. can have conversations if they provide you know like if the opportunity provides itself and you're able to speak into that or it's someone close to you for sure and they're doing that to you then definitely bring it up and say hey i feel like you don't actually you know appreciate what's going on or validate maybe you know, what I'm experiencing because you spiritually bypass, you know what I mean? And then maybe if you do spiritually bypass, just maybe take it to the Lord, you know? Like if you are always trying to find maybe just spiritual answers from even physical needs, emotional needs, you know, like God cares about the whole. He doesn't just care about uh, the soul. Um, oh, God cares about the whole, not just the soul. Right? Yeah, and that's that's beautiful. I mean, that's what's going to live on forever. That's it, that's eternal life. It's like my spirit's going to live forever, and I'm going to get a mm-hmm. new body, and all that stuff's going to fade away. But God in this life does care about all of that stuff, and so to invite God to, I feel like often we, you know, we can only give the level of compassion that we receive. So, <laughs> yeah. so to start with receiving that compassion for the whole from Jesus, and then maybe that will help to also give it to everybody else without feeling the need to to jump on spiritually when somebody's going through something you know right because then we just do the same same type of thing just opposite it just turns into almost an attack or even a neglect for where someone is oh if we get angry at someone for yeah right because then it's you're it's like you're not you're expecting them to be where you are yeah anytime any if i feel like i'm ever getting angry at somebody for being different to me (laughs) or having a different thought or having a different way of understanding something, Mm -hmm. then I need to realize that I'm expecting them to be where I am at. And whether that's not, not in like a a better place or a worse place, just in the same place. And if they're in a different place, they're just in a, they're in a different place. And I need, if I want to communicate with them, I need to understand where they're coming from Mm -hmm. and they need to know that I understand where they're coming from. Otherwise there's no com there's no communication that's going to happen. Yeah. And so I think that's that's such a good point is that when somebody spiritually bypasses, whether ourself or somebody else, 
to first have compassion if if it's leading to something unhealthy. You know, if it feels like there's unhealthy behavior, to not just judge and critique and criticize. Right. But to enter into a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Engage in conversation rather than criticism or whatever. Because that's mm-hmm. easy to do as well. And then that just shows you're doing the same thing as bad discipleship of other people. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like you have to be willing to go on the journey with them. If if you have seen that unhealth, maybe even in your church, you know, or in people in the church um, where they do this. And it's like, man, we really don't care for people because we do this. You know, there's there's a proper way to go about conversation with that. Don't get just criticize it from afar and then like leave the church to go find, you know, like right. that kind of stuff. It's like, again, those are easy way outs rather than actually dealing with the root of the problem, I think. Yeah, that, and that's part of one of the ways people get hurt by the church is that, that emotional bypassing that leads to unhealth. Yeah. And instead of running away, entering into a conversation. Yeah. Or finding people you can have a conversation with that are in the church. Yeah. And it might eventually mean leaving, but at least give someone the chance to surprise you. You know, yeah, give mm-hmm. someone the chance to actually listen to you, and they're like, "Man, maybe they'll be like, I do do that." Sorry, you know, right? And then it's like you start a whole revolution in your church of you know of people that are actually in, embracing. Man, God cares about our emotional health and our you know our mental health. He cares about all of those things. Let's go after this too, you know. And maybe yeah. maybe a revolution starts because of a conversation, and be- that's what we're doing here on your brain on God. <laughs> yes, yeah. And our emotional health affects so many things other more than our walk with Jesus, but our walk with other people, with our family, with our friends. And if we don't take the time to become emotionally healthy, or at least to go on the journey of emotional health and to find ways that we can heal and become better, then our relationships are going to be lesser because of it. Mm -hmm. If we take the time to dive into the spots in our life where we need to heal, our relationships will become more valuable. Amen. (laughs) And uh, you said you wanted to keep it under an hour. It's 57. Hey, there it is. (laughs) Do we have anything we want to say, though? More? No, I think that, well, emotional health is important. I think that it's easy to forget that. And especially if you uh, didn't grow up with that as a concept or didn't have many conversations about that. So I just encourage you to have conversations about emotional health ask yourself questions about uh if you and try to pay attention to ways that you might spiritually bypass that's something i want to try to do too yeah if i try to tag a spiritual label onto something when there might be something else going on and just being aware of it if i'm tagging something as a spiritual thing to also ask the question what else might be going on because god might be wanting to work in something and uh yeah Mm. let's prioritize our emotional well-being as well as our spiritual well-being our mental well-being our physical well-being because we are people that have many parts and god cares about the whole yeah not just the soul not just the soul (laughs) (laughs) oh man i just had another thought though uh i'm gonna stop it all right here we go (laughs) maybe 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 next episode huh (laughs) maybe another part on this um Hey, thanks for listening in, guys. All of our boggies out there, you're fantastic. Our bogladites. Make sure to follow us. Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Your Brain on God, uh, everything. YouTube, subscribe. Uh, we got a lot more content coming your guys' way. And uh, yeah, we're just so excited to have conversations that stir revolutions. Whoa, dude. That's what we're about. But we love you guys. Have a great uh 
Life. <laughs> See ya.